the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. Rob Black. 910 AM, more stimulating talk. Four seconds of penalty timer ticking off on the clock. One more rush. Here's Getzlaff. Lead for Scott Niedermeyer. Breaks in. Penalty is over. A centering attempt just got blocked. And the Sharks have a two-on-one mini one. Here's Heatley out of the box. Export moving in. Gives him the play. Breakaway. Thornton shoots. Scores! Joe Thornton, his first of the year. Great setup from Danny Heatley. And the Sharks have a 3-0 lead. Joining me now, Dan Rusnowski from 98.5 FM. He is the voice of the San Jose Sharks heard on their radio network. Dan, what do we make of last night's game? The first 10 minutes was weak and sad and pathetic. The last 50 was strong. What story would you get from the game with the Blackhawks last night? Here's the storyline, Rob. And, you know, I know that a lot of fans are upset that the Sharks maybe didn't get two points in that game. They only got one. The Blackhawks got two. Blackhawks get credit for a win. Sharks get credit for an OT, as they call it in hockey. But the most important thing that was learned was that the San Jose Sharks know exactly what it takes to beat the Chicago Blackhawks in a playoff series, and they also know that they can do it. Um, All of the things that we thought would happen in that game occurred, and they happened without Dan Boyle, and for most of the game, without Mark Edward Vlasic in that contest. So that means the Sharks had five defensemen, their two top-minute guys were out, and they dealt with the Blackhawks and came back from a three-goal deficit to force overtime. What that tells me is that the Sharks are prepared to play this team in a best-of-seven, and the fact that they're bigger and they takeaway space means that the Blackhawks, even though they have that quickness, are beatable. I'm honestly, uh, we're gearing, we're starting to gear towards the playoffs. We're not quite there yet, Dan, but I would actually like to see a final round match before the Stanley Cup finals of San Jose and Chicago because it would be damn entertaining. Well, I think that's what the hockey world wants. They're the two best teams in the league, arguably, and certainly in the Western Conference right now. Two different styles. As I said, the Sharks are great at taking away space. And the Blackhawks are great at taking away time from the opponent. That's the real difference between the two teams. The Sharks can grind it out. They can really wear you down as well. And I think that when it comes down to all of it, it's pretty even with one exception. The Sharks have slightly better goaltending, maybe even more than slightly with Nabokov in goal. I'd rather have him than Cristobal Huey on Chicago. So to me, that might be the difference in a series like that. But it's a long way to there. The Sharks have to go through the rest of the season, the Olympic break, all of the ups and downs of that. And then finally getting through the first couple of rounds before they're likely ever to face the Blackhawks in a playoff series. But boy, wouldn't it be great. It would be great. And then a a fantasy of mine would be to see the Sharks play in the Stanley Cup Finals against Washington Capitals because they got Ovechkin, they got the scoring leader, they're great at offense this year. Which would you rather have? You just kind of hinted you want goaltending for the Stanley Cup 
uh, playoffs. Would you uh, offense? Washington's got a better offense than ultimately the Sharks do. So, uh, offense, defense, goaltending. What wins cups? Well, I, I think it's a combination of all of it, Rob. I think that the, the you know the Sharks goaltending can win you a cup, but the last couple of years it's been proven that you can also win without the top top goaltending as long as you have great depth through your lineup, outstanding offensive defensemen, quick reacting teams, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, it's a combination of things that get you the cup. You like to have all of the elements, and I think. I think the Sharks have virtually all of it. I think right now what you're seeing is the teams are figuring out on the scouting side of things what exactly they, uh, shall we say, are need in need of when it comes to personnel for going up to the trade deadline. And we're starting to head towards the Olympic breaks, and um, there's always a, some sort of breakout person that we want to watch. But Joe Pavelski, he's American. He's going to be playing on the USA team. Uh, he's had a breakout recently. Do you think that momentum is going to continue for the rest of the season and into the Olympics? Well, you hope so. Uh, you know, certainly that would be that'll be exciting. What's really interesting is that uh, you know Joe Pavelski last night was playing up against Patrick Kane, who you never know could be one of his line mates on the Olympic team for the United States. Um, wouldn't that be fun? Uh, but yes, all of those things are possible. So, what would you say the storyline of the season is so far, Mr. Rusnowski? Um, is it Heatley? Is it goaltending? Is it the best team? And we got to wait for the playoffs. If you were to write their obituary right now, what do we say about the 2010 Sharks? What would I say about the San Jose Sharks, Rob? Yeah. I would say that the, the, the San Jose Sharks have had um, maybe the most improved season uh, in their history in a variety of ways because they're more prepared for the playoffs. Um, I'm, I'm not ready to write any obituaries yet, certainly, but uh, bottom line is that um, it's very important to note that uh, that this is a team that that is grounded out, has found ways to deal with adversity. That, to me, is the most, uh, most telling thing for the Sharks this season, and that's something that you can hang your hat on and be proud of because it's going to help you get through the playoffs. For the season started, we traded for Danny Heatley. He's been all that and more on offense, but does he play two-way hockey for the Sharks? Um, well, it's it's a question that everybody has. I think he's a lot better than people gave him credit for. I think basically when he arrived here, people tried to say that he never played any, any defense, but that's not true. He is a good defensive player, but uh, you know he has his moments. He's primarily a scorer. That's what he does. He had six shots on net last night against the Blackhawks, um, but I think he's really made an effort to be better in that position, and that's really great because that's something that uh, that Danny Heatley needs to do oftentimes a little defensive play like that is going to make the difference. Absolutely. Now I'm speaking with Dan Rusinowski. He's the voice of the San Jose Sharks. What's going on there, Dan? I keep hearing uh, devices going off. Uh, sounds like something big trade happening, or what's happening? Oh, everybody's trying to get in touch with me. That's basically it right now. And uh, we, you know, we're we're on the verge of uh, actually shooting a uh, television spot for our radio station that's going to air uh, in the Bay Area, and we've got a bunch of players that uh, that are going to be shooting that. So um, that's one of the things going on here. The practice, the guys are on the ice for a little bit, so that's another thing. And it's uh, it, it's just always a busy day here at HP Pavilion. Who are you working? within the commercial. Are you working with Thornton and Heatley? Uh, I'm working with Jody Shelley, Joe Thornton, and Dan Boyle. That's quite a group right there. Um, who's the goofball of the Sharks? Who's the one who keeps them loose and laughing in the locker room? Oh, I think it's a variety of guys, but Jody Shelley's one of them, certainly. Joe Thornton certainly is another one. He's, he loves to have a good time in the dressing room, play some pranks on guys. Um, those are probably the two biggest ones, but there are, there are a variety of others that, that ever, ever so stealthily get themselves in there and have a good time at the expense of the other guys. Now, we got a couple more games at home, and then we're on a long road trip, and then we get the Olympic break for three weeks. Uh, what should we be looking for the Sharks in the next couple of games? 
I think in the next couple of games, you're looking for them to continue to, well, first of all, they're going to get Dan Boyle back, hopefully. We'll have a better idea of what the injury report on Mark Edward Vlasic is. He's played in 355, I think it is, straight games um, as a player, and you almost take him for granted. That's the thing. But uh, what's going to happen now is that they have to just get through these next couple of games. They've got Minnesota and they've got Detroit, and then the huge road trip where they really need Dan Boyle back. But uh, it's a great test for this team because they're, they're dealing with the adversities of the schedule and, of course, the players being out. And I think they're doing a pretty good job of it. Now, I, I've mentioned the Olympics, and I'm honestly, Dan, I'm going to be t- I'm, I'm looking for the Olympics first, and then I'm going to get back to the Sharks, and I'm going to start looking Stanley Cup playoffs. But I'm excited by these Olympics, and I don't know why. Maybe they're West Coast. What, what's your approach on the Olympic hockey season? Well, I, I, I've always felt that it was great to have amateurs play in the Olympics like the U.S. team did in 1980. But I do appreciate the idea of the Olympics being the showcase for the world's best athletes. Um, the fact that the NHL shuts down for a couple of weeks is a bit of a, of a, a hardship, I guess, from mm-hmm. a league perspective. But I think the exposure you get is just uh, well worth it. And the fact that the players uh, love this so much and it means so much to them and it's such an honor, I just think it's great. Uh, it's a lot harder to do it when you're in a place like Torino or, um, you know, an eight or nine hour time difference from, you know, the United States and Canada. But that aside, I think that the fact that it's in Vancouver this year, it's pretty much a turnkey operation. And the fact is that it's great for the sport. And you and I have talked about this, Mr. Rusnowski, where the regular season of hockey in HL is different than the, the postseason, the Stanley Cups. But Olympic hockey is different, too, because they only get two or three games to get to the medals. And then it's, it's single elimination. It's, it's, it's pretty high drama compared to the NHL. That's right. And, you know, every game is like uh, seven playoff games. You know, that's the story. And uh, so that, that's, that's the way the Olympics is going to be. It's sort of like the Stanley Cup playoffs as opposed to the regular season. There's just so much at stake. And, of course, you have the added picture of playing for your country. Um, that's something else that gets into the, the whole Olympic story. And, of course, that means so much to so many players. Thanks for joining me, Dan. Good to see you. It's Dan Rusnowski from your San Jose Sharks. It is a sport that you can easily fall in love with hockey is the greatest sport on the planet it's the fastest sport on the planet the guys play on ice skates just go try to skate around a rink for a little bit then chase a puck and then get hit while you're doing it these are super skilled people and it's a beautiful sport and the broadcasting is wonderful dan risnowski 98.5 fm every game day the sharks have it's a great sport give it a chance you'll love it rob black show 9 10 a.m more stimulating talk John Cobell. I'm Ken Champo. We're the John and Ken Show. Join us weekdays from 3 to 7. Now, Rob Black on 910 AM, more stimulating talk. But I'm going with it. Let's talk a little 
iPad. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Any comments? Do you love me? Do you hate me? Do you have an economic question? Apple's fallen big. Apple announces the iPad. Stock hits an all-time high. Since then, Apple's fallen pretty aggressively. That goes from 210 to 190. What's that teach us? Buy the rumor? Sell the news? What's next for Apple? It's going to be the 4G phone this summer. Will it be open to Verizon? If so, stock could do quite well. Stock's gone from 215 to 192 now. Buying opportunity is the pause that refreshes? Good question. I will say, I'm starting to see reviews of the iPad compared to the Kindle. And millions of people now own Kindles. And they have a little bit of a head start. Now, keep in mind, Apple wants to sell 6 million iPads in the first year. And there's only 3 million Kindles out there right now. So Apple can catch them quickly. But the iPad's not really, the first generation, not really set up to be a good book reader. It's okay, but not great. So Apple's generated a lot of controversy, a lot of chatter out there. A lot of women are saying the name evokes awkward associations with feminine hygiene products. A word that sends terror up the man's spine, or the phrase that sends terror up the man's spine. Honey, can you buy me some Playtex or some tampons at the store? We don't like touching the boxes. We don't like looking at the boxes. We would prefer women be women and men be men. You keep that little thing to yourself in your own little world and don't show it to us in any way, shape, or form. People from Boston to Ireland are complaining about the iPad. It's pretty funny. It's almost indistinguishable from the iPod. iPad, iPod. There's a lot of serious conflicts. Two other high-tech companies already market iPads out there. So they should have called it the iTampon. It would have been funnier. I wanted it to be called the, the iSlate, but that was my vote. So people worry about words and their connotations. People are on top of it. A lot of women, when they hear the word pad, they think feminine hygiene. Another word that women don't like is flow. It's too tied towards bodily concerns. And it's funny because Qualcomm's got a product out there that they're going to be pushing during the Super Bowl that's basically called Flow TV. And I wonder if it's going to be women on that time of the month just nagging their husbands. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not going to be it. Women are lovely goddesses filled with hormones. So... I stand by that. Naming companies. There's a guy named Mike Cronin. He's a naming consultant in Berkeley. And he, he came up with the name TiVo and the name Kindle. So he says it's a bad name. He, he thought they were going to come up with an alternative, but it so ties in well with what they do at Apple. So Fujitsu, it's a Japanese company. They already have an iPad out there that's selling and selling well. And they're basically saying, that's our name. That's our name. Now, Steve Jobs once had the iPhone problem with Cisco. Steve Chops basically said, Cisco, we will do a marketing agreement with you where we push your products in the future. Cisco said, okay. And away they went. Only to find out later, Apple really didn't support that negotiation and they got the iPhone name away from Cisco. It's pretty funny the way that plays out. Not funny, haha, but funny nonetheless. There's an app for that. There is an app for that. Now, something I got to throw out there is that I'm going to wait at least until the second generation of iPads. Because we're already starting to see that they have massive flaws in the first generation of iPads. And what does that mean? First, in, I'm not going to say first and foremost, but it doesn't have a camera. Netbooks have a camera. 
Now, Steve Jobs being the arrogant SOB that he is, he got out there and he said, we're better than a netbook. We're way cooler than a netbook. But Steve, he didn't put a camera in it. And people know that you're going to because you could look at the software developer kit, also known as an SDK. And it says that a phone is going to be in there. Do you want to upload a photo or do you want to take a photo? So the second generation is going to have a camera. So I'm waiting already right there. I'm waiting. What else is missing from the iPad? Voice calls. And again, in the SDK, it reveals that voice calls touch to return call. A little phrase is in the, the developer's kit that says phone calls are coming. So I'm waiting for the second generation. Device is going to offer another critical component necessary to the implementation of video chat, which is voice. iPad touts a microphone and speakers. How exactly voice chat will be implemented is still anyone's guess. The logical choice would be to allow for voice over internet protocol functionality via an app as opposed to a full-on cellular voice plan that would accompany with a monthly bill, which you already have to pay for the data. So we know two things are coming. We know cameras coming, video camera as well, and we know voice is coming. There's also no annotations for book. One of my favorite lines from the Jungle Book was when the snakes addressed me. I forgot the S on iBooks. So Kindle has it going for it. They basically you can anoint things. So when you're in college and you say, I want to use this, you know, this section of the book for later, you zip, 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 cut, paste kind of thing. So they're important selling ebooks. Steve Jobs doesn't have the right product yet. There's also a holdout for Verizon. We all know Apple's talking to Verizon. When I say we, I'm talking about Wall Street. So the exclusive contract with AT&T ultimately is going to end. As some anonymous sources are saying, it's going to be the summer. Journalists covering the tech beat, they're not the only ones touting the imminent forthcoming of Verizon. Other people's are too. For instance, Ken Accord Adams, who was an analyst at Wall Street. He said a Verizon 4G phone is going to arrive in June. Why would I want a 3G phone when I can get one in June? It's March. It's, April, it's January now, so we're kind of in February. February, March, April, May, June. So I could wait five months. My next phone upgrade's not until then anyway, so I can wait. Also, there's a multitasking issue. The iPad is built on an operating system that powers both the iPhone and iPod Touch. Problem is, a new version, the same operating system, speaking with Rob, a new version of the operating system is going to be 4.0. And 4.0 is said to offer a new way to run applications in the background via multitasking. Now, this is notable because it's been left out of the current operating system due to battery drain. So Android has it, and it's a, a selling point for Google. I'm going to wait for the next iPad. I think the early adopters, you can have it at $499, $599, $699. I say pass. I'm going to wait till it gets down uh, second generation. You can be the fanboy or fangirl. You can be the, the latest living on the, the, the largeness of your, your, your debt and your credit card issues. I'm going to wait for iPad 2.0. iPad 2.0. What you think about the name? Give me a call. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's, it's Aloha Friday. I'm feeling it. 800-345-5639. I'm looking forward to the weekend. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. Or as my German friends would say, 9... 9, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating. You're listening to Rob Black. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk.
800 345 to get your calls in there. It's 800 345 5639 to get your calls on the air. Uh, stocks are a little bit on the weird side today. I wouldn't really say they're trending up or trending down, but Microsoft led tech companies to their biggest drop in 10 groups. Ultimately, after their CFO said the company has yet to see a recovery in spending on enterprise. So there's some questions on technology. Will they get that true recovery? And will they buckle ahead in 2010? At the start of 2010, I said I prefer tech, prefer utilities, and... Um, I'd be very careful with your investments in 2010. I think the first half is going to be better than the second half. I think telecom is also a sector I would take a look at. SanDisk, they're a big tech company, biggest maker, flash memory. They slid 12% today after their sales forecast fell short of expectations. You get punished right now if you miss expectations. Pretty big. They make flash memory, and flash memory is put in digital cameras and mobile phones, and the company anticipates sales of 875 to $950 million. A lot of people were looking for 930 million in sales. So down to 875, that's a pretty big drop. We're in earnings season. It's interesting note. Amazon reported great numbers and they're up 1.6%. Walmart, they're up 2% today. They were raised by from neutral at Goldman Sachs. Basically forecast earnings that the U.S. retailer will increase on the back of cost cutting and profit margin growth while the valuation looks compelling. Avery Dennison, they're slumping 14% today. That's the biggest drop in the S&P 500. They're a big loser Avery Dennison. Let me give you a second to think about where you've seen the name Avery Dennison. Whoever stuffed envelopes, you've seen them. They're the largest label maker. They reported fourth quarter earnings that, well, missed expectations. So right now you miss, you get punished. Last year was such a glorious year that all stocks went up. Not all stocks went up, but a large part of stocks went up. So you can't miss right now. S&P 500. I would watch out for commodities. My true belief is that we need a second round of stimulus in the United States focused on small businesses. I hated the first round of stimulus. I think it was poorly spent. I don't think it was very directed. I think it was a lot of pork, government spending, special little pet projects. I think we need something tied towards small businesses. Speaking of government promises real quick, Obama planning to triple a government loan guarantee for nuclear reactors to $54 billion. What's that mean to you and me? Well, there's some investments in nuclear. President Barack Obama plans to propose a tripling of government loan guarantees for nuclear research reactors in the United States, more than $54 billion. The move, which follows Obama's pledge to a State of the Union address to work to expand nuclear power production, will be announced as part of his big budget proposal on Monday. Now, Obama said that he's going to small, uh, target small businesses. $33 billion tax cut. Thank heavens. I would propose, I would support so again, it depends on what form it comes in. New hire support for tax credits? Does it come in for depreciation of machinery for uh, tax credits? There's different angles of investment on each and every one. Let's talk a little bit about some investments that don't necessarily have to do with Obama and the State of the Union in the United States. And I'm avoiding commodities right now in large part because I do think without government stimulus, we would still be in a recession. Our unemployment's too high. I would not bet on real estate prices going higher right now. I would actually bet that they would go lower as a nation until we start seeing some uptick in jobs. At the Investors Business Daily, today they're reporting in the United States the growing number of 3D films. I have some people wondering if 2D entertainment is going to go obsolete. Now, I'm guilty of this. I like playing a little bit of 2D entertainment. I like playing a little video games on occasion. Tonight I'll probably have a cigar, glass of scotch, 
I'll probably play a little Modern Warfare 2. Which, for the record, this is actually kind of funny. My screen name, and if this is offensive, I'm sorry. Keep in mind, it's a video game that's dedicated to, um... It's a video game dedicated to, like, violence. You play, like, in Afghanistan. Like, 12 guys trying to kill 12 guys. And my screen name's Jesus Christ. So every now and then when you kill someone, it says, you were just killed by Jesus Christ. And when you kill someone, it's like, it'll say, like, Nancy just killed Jesus Christ. So that's my name because I think it's kind of funny. I know it's wildly offensive, but it is kind of funny. It used to be Michael Jackson because no one wants to be killed by Michael Jackson. Screen names, <laughs> screen names are kind of relevant in the world of video games. And I bring this up because there's investments in video games. 2D Entertainment. Self-titled games. There's a company called Perfect World. P-W-R-D. P-W-R-D. And not so much that I want you to invest in this company. I want you to look at it. I want you to see where is the economy going? Where is this company going? Where is this sector going inside the economy? We know the economy kind of stinks. We know it's not glory, 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 hallelujah. We know that it's good because of trillions of dollars of government spending. This company's gone from 20 to 40. I highlighted it on my Super Secret, Not So Secret podcast earlier last year. It's been a huge winner. They make self-titled games. Legend of Martial Arts and Zhujan. They're in the Chinese market. So they do massive multiplayer role-playing games. Online role-playing. So basically, you can get with your 12 friends and you can go kill an elf. Or you can go kill an ogre. Or go kill something. And there's kind of this kind of cool thing that's going on there where you're hanging out with 12 people. They have an average current user who's going around killing orcs and killing elves and marrying fairies, uh, 350,000 people. So they got a pretty good thing going. I'm not telling you to invest in them. I'm saying you got to look at what's working, what's not working. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Perfect world. Ticker symbol is P. W-R-D. And revenues in the last three years have gone from $12 million to $90 million to $200 million. There's my whistle. Wet your whistle. Let's go to Steve in Petaluma. How's it chicken, Steve? Well, they're out to roost, Rob. They're out to roost? <laughs> out to roost. Have you ever seen a live chicken? Have I ever seen one? Have you ever been to a farm? Uh, yeah, I go to a local farm here and pick up eggs. Okay. Going to a farm actually makes me want to never eat meat again. <laughs> so just between you and me. Yeah, well, I guess that's a personal choice. It is a personal choice, and thank you for yeah. acknowledging that, Steve. Yeah, no problem. I'm a little bit moody today, and I, I need love and support. All right, well, it, like you said, it's a low-off Friday. Yes, yes. Maker's Mark is waiting. Maker's Mark is waiting at home, chilled with its little friends. Do you know what friends are when you're talking about whiskey? Say it again? Do you know what friends are? I said, man, my maker's Mark's at home, chilled with his little friends. Do you know what friends are when you're talking about whiskey? It must be the ice cube. It is the ice cube. So whiskey and friends. Yeah, I like it. What you got for me? I got a question. I'm thinking about diversifying out of a, an investment property that I share with my brother. And he brought up the idea, hey, why don't we uh, sell it by owner, for sale by owner? I'm wondering what you think about that. Now, you may think I'm a shill for the real estate industry. Yeah. But I like working with agents who know what they're doing, and I think they're worth it. For selling by owner is not the worst idea, but have you ever sold a house, Steve? No. Okay. By myself, no. 
So you know you know nothing about the experience. Have you ever bought and have you bought a house or sold a house like yes. with an agent? You know it's a lot of paperwork, right? It's a lot of paperwork. I think a good agent's worth it. Now mm-hmm. that that offends me in this market when you're talking about a six hundred thousand dollar piece of property that you're going to be coughing up three percent to them. But you can negotiate your commissions right now, and I would prefer that you do that and work with somebody who's going to get top dollar for your place as well as somebody who's great at marketing it. Um, mm-hmm. There's people, I mean, every major city has one of the top agents, and you really got to, like, learn who they are and try to work with that person because a great agent's better than an average agent. Um, yeah. And now you're not going to be able to negotiate with a great agent, but you're going to get top price for a great agent. I myself hate paperwork. So I would rather have someone else do it because I don't want to get sued, Steve. When you sell that house and then someone moves in and they get electrocuted and you didn't sign off that, you know, someone else did the work other than you and uh, they didn't sign off. Like for me, I, for sale by owner, it's not as turnkey as it goes. And I would go with an agent that you truly trust. I think you'll get a better deal, a better offer, and you'll know that the paperwork has been signed by someone that you can hold accountable and not you being held accountable for. Thanks for the call, Steve. Go to Nick in Mountain View. Nick. Hey Rob, you already have that cigar picked out today. It's gonna to probably be a cheapy. So a cheapy? Yeah, I don't have any. Have you, I don't have any Gurkhas at home, and I got to pick up friends at the airport at six. So cigar stores close by six, and I'll just go with something you know pretty cheap, fifteen dollars or less. Well, you know, go go try the nub. Have you tried a nub yet? I've not tried a nub. Try. Do you like a what? You like that earthy, or you like a full bodied smoke? What, what, what's your what's your poison? I like uh, a nice mixture with the whiskey. So if I can get something that's flavorful, um, I'm good with it. Clearly, I don't want a fast burn. I want a slow burn, but something that's incredibly flavorful. What do you go with? Try that Nub Connecticut. Um, they're about eight bucks a piece. Um, they're about a 52 ring gauge, okay. and they burn for about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how quick you smoke them. Okay. And it has the entire smoke is a w- one big giant sweet spot. Really. It's called yeah, a Nub so, Connecticut. Where can I get a Nub Connecticut? You can get them at a, just about any uh, cigar shop should have them nowadays. They're okay. a pretty hot commodity. They're, uh, yeah, pretty hot right now. Now, do you ever um, mix your uh, cigars with whiskey, or, or are you just a pure puffer? I, I'm i not a drinker anymore, but, yeah, I used to mix them. Um, I, that's why I like that Connecticut. I like that really Connecticut. It's got that really oaky, cedary taste in the beginning of it, and then kind of mellows out to a really flavorful, creamy taste that balances out your uh, that oaky taste. It's really nice. I like hazelnut. I don't want hazelnut in my cigar. Do you, do you go? I don't want it to be too fruity. I don't want it to smell like potpourri. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't actually meant to be funny, but um, I, that's is actually my my masculine statement of the day that I do have ch- hair on my chest. Nick, why don't you drink anymore? Are you a crazy drinker? Yeah, I was a crazy drinker. Started drinking me instead of me drinking it. Good stuff. Know know your limits and quit when you can't handle it. Thanks for the call, Nick. Right off. Connecticut Nub. I'll write it down. And uh, I got three hours to kill today. Maybe I'll go get pick up a smoke for the the evening because I deserve it. It's been an interesting week. Everyone's calling to find out if I'm going to be on Cron 4 today. Here's what I've negotiated with Cron 4. I've negotiated only working Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'm not going to work Tuesdays and Thursdays unless there's a big, big story. I just don't want to do it anymore. I've done it for eight years. I, I don't want to waste my life in media. Um, I don't want to close my doors to new opportunities that open up. I will eventually leave radio. For now, I'm still in negotiations. To be quite honest, radio gave me a crappy uh, contract. I'm looking it over. I'm trying to figure out ways to improve it. For instance, one of my counters is going to be a weekend show so that you don't have to listen Monday through Friday, 10 to noon. And if they say no to a weekend show, I'll say, 
Bye. I mean, I don't need this anymore. Um, but I will be on Cron today from 10. No, no, no. <laughs> That's funny. I'll be on Cron today at, at 4 o'clock. So I'll do Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And I'm going to start up some new product and some new content elsewhere. It's just I don't want to do it anymore. I don't have to do it anymore. I don't work for money anymore. Um, I just I, I don't want to chase media for my whole life. I, I've got a little bit more to offer the world. And I do have other projects out there that in media that I want to try that are outside of radio and television. I love my radio platform. I've got a big stick. I love that. And that is a euphemism, by the way. Um, it is a big stick. It's 20,000 watts. It covers the whole Bay Area. So I've got a good platform, and I, I appreciate being here. And um, if I don't say this enough, I, I really love my audience, and um, I'll take care of you. I'll do the best I can to show you how to get to retirement. So um, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your loves. Um, go be nice to your partner. Uh, have a good weekend. We'll come back Monday. We'll start fresh. 10 o'clock to noon, Monday through Friday, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 